0: The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video
1: games, football, and entertainment. Eric, we let's now, go running. We now return you to your regularly scheduled
2: debauchery. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, everybody, and welcome to the kickoff. Tired as fuck edition, I'm your host, my name is Harry Broadhurst, joining me as per usual, the Anchorman, Eric Watkins.
0: I hope to be that tired fuck thing come Saturday, oh lord, it's been too long.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, th- th- there will be no family shows given on this show, I'm too tired to care. Alright, yes! Really suck The executive producer, no Bisco, Brandon Bisco Bing.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna be tired as all hell for the next two weeks, so I don't care.
2: And the unprofessional Jason Teasley. Sup fuckers? (laughs) Yeah, fuckers. All right.
3: (laughs) This is just kind of off the rail already.
2: Well, here's the thing. After having an episode as serious as we did last week, and if you haven't listened yet, we highly recommend that you go check out Let's Talk About It, available in the W2M archives, on W2Mnet.com, as well as on all of your favorite podcast listening services, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Ditcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Brendan, guess what? Spotify is here. Eric, this one's yours. Call someone a dick. Oh, there's a plenty of people that I can call
0: a dick. But we kind of just said that we were making things funny. So, yeah, um, no. Just, just say, come August, I'm really going to need sur- to find a way to survive here in Jacksonville. If you haven't heard the latest news, just, I don't know, I think, what is it, August 17th? If any female listeners happen to be... Right around Okay,
3: right now. I take that back. <laughs> family show, Eric so so Eric, have you have you seen the uh, destruction of your stadium yet?
0: Some of it but thankfully, since you know nothing's going on, and the fact that we really didn't sign anybody noteworthy, I'm like everybody
2: else who just flat out didn't notice I'm going to go ahead and guess that he doesn't actually get that reference.
0: Probably oh, I not. I the reference because they had the AEW episode here. But again, hardly anybody
2: noticed. <laughs> I said, corrected he did get the reference. Anywho. <laughs> All right. So, as I mentioned, I'm barely awake. Jason's barely awake. Eric's never really awake. He is woke, though. We appreciate that about him. I do my best. Besides...
0: I'm not even at my prime thinking hours because it's early. But then again, in my prime thinking hours, I'm thinking, what happened to Gene, the, the contestant from the episode of Concentration that aired back in 1970?
2: So do you really want me at that? Well, night? I can tell you this much, Eric. Maroon 5 wrote songs about her anyway. Hmm.
0: Oh, not to mention all of the corny Tarzan jokes. A <laughs> hmm.
2: uh, 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 video reference on an audio podcast. Fizco literally face palmed when I said that. Hmm. All right, so like I said, we're tired. We're cranky. Truth be told, we're looking to blow off a little bit of steam after last week's super serious episode. So don't expect a whole lot in the way of intelligence out of us here, but do expect at least something in the way of witticisms, we hope. Exactly, and don't expect
0: me to be entirely wearing pants when we're talking about blowing off things.
2: The views and opinions of Eric Walken do not necessarily reflect those of the w 2 of network or its affiliates. Viewer discretion is advised, but probably ignored. Alright, anyway.
0: Look, I can't help if I find interesting stuff on Netflix. I don't care that the title isn't Polish. But hey, if it puts Fifty Shades of Greater Shame, it's
2: Brayton in my book. 365, to Yes, watch it. Anyways.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: All right, I'm too tired for this. Eric, let's get to news and notes for the week. All right. um, I I entitled this one... Wait, 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 wait. wait. Nope, nope, nope. I I have to cut you off because... Frankly, it's too easy not to hear, and I'm going to apologize in advance to anyone I may have fed with this. But let's go from consensual hitting of women to not consensual hitting of women. Segway! Yeah!
3: Everybody remembers Ryan Leaf, right? You mean the second-worst quarterback in California? Yes.
0: Well, eh, there's some news. Granted, we all know that he had a very long and painful history of battling drug addiction and getting arrested on drug charges as he was trying to turn his life around. The good news is he's no longer being arrested on drug charges. The bad news is he's now upgraded to domestic abuse. Oh, Ryan, 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 just when you were becoming tolerable and could shake your reputation, and as if ESPN didn't fire enough people as is.
2: Well, I will say this much, and I believe that I used this exact quote in the show preview that I sent you guys. In an off-season of plenty of dumbassery in the NFL, be it current or former players, Ryan Leaf is attempting to be the dumbest ass to ever dumbass. Uh,
3: Did you just go I'm full on Red the... Foreman
2: right there? Uh, uh, okay, first of all, you never go full—you never go full Red Foreman. Although Kitty could get it, but that's <laughs> beside the point. Eric, that sounds like your area of expertise. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Look, I mean, voice aside, my experiences
0: with older women are. Quite pleasant. It's just like, how would I be able to properly moan and drown her out at the same time? That way I could uh, kind of perform it mighty. But <laughs> that, that's a personal thing. Oh,
2: okay! <laughs> Jason, your thoughts on the Ryan Leaf story? He's a bitch. <laughs> That's Enough said. That's and bullshit.
0: that's Brian Lee
3: talk.
2: <laughs> All these years later, Indianapolis getting proven correct once again.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Chargers. No wonder you left San Diego. You hadn't been able to do things right for decades.
3: <laughs> I mean, hell, they couldn't even get Eli Manning to agree to go there. Well, you got to figure his dad
0: was like, hey, look, I had a career for playing shitty teams. Nah, -uh -uh. you ain't going through that.
2: (laughs) I mean, most of the Giants teams he was on sucked. How many Super Bowls has your team won? Living in the past, let go.
0: I'm sorry. Uh, My watch is broken. It's like 116 and 116, right? Something like that. I'm
2: <laughs> Yeah, suck it, Eli. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's impressive that you're wearing two watches, though, Eric. All right, let's move on. Uh, we've given that ass clown enough attention.
0: Exactly, and you didn't see me in my heyday. Would I would wear four watches, have them all properly synced, and open time zones from east to west as the <laughs> part of went up my arm. But that's a story from my childhood for another day.
3: Hmm.
0: I, I I'm not sure if anybody would get the reference for what I titled this one, the brothers transfer. Anybody? <laughs> yes, I believe I do. Okay, because I was kind of going. The first thing I thought in my Wait, mind. Whoa,
2: whoa, 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 whoa! Before you would say what it is, let's test Bisco's attempted it. It brother. is.
3: Uh, I I forget how you pronounce his first name, but it is Tua's brother is transferring.
0: Yeah, that's part of the
2: story. But I mean, where are I Jason? Yo. If you're going to if you're going to eat chips while we're doing a bot broadcast, at least have the decency to mute the goddamn microphone while you do so. It's I was just going to
0: say, if you're going to eat during the podcast, at least eat something that's much more enjoyable like I would be. But I'm sitting on my couch alone, so that's not possible.
2: <laughs> Ass is not available, here. And you guys thought episode 69 was rough. Continue, <laughs> Eric. But yeah, I was thinking, hey, nobody except for me
0: remembers that old Nickelodeon cartoon, The Brothers Club. Let me use this to my advantage, hence the brother's transfer. Yes, not only is Taglia Tagovailoa transferring out of Alabama and into the Big Ten where he's going to go to, well, call it what it is, Maryland, but uh, Cam Newton's brother Kalen is going to follow in old big bro's footsteps and uh, head on down to Auburn to
2: see what he can do. So actually what's going to happen is Kalen's going to follow in Cam Newton's footsteps and be unemployed here shortly. Possibly. Possibly. Here's the thing with with Auburn. Auburn hasn't really had a running quarterback since Newton, and I don't think Gus Malzahn's offense lends itself to a running quarterback. Jared Stidham was a pocket passer. Not a particularly great one but a pocket passer nonetheless. Well, he's good enough to be
0: in New England, so take that for what it's Yeah,
2: He's Belichick's problem now. Although, watch Belichick turn him into a 12-win quarterback just to spite me. Well, Shut up, Fizco. I see it formulating.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, I forget who said it, but did you guys see uh, the former Patriots tight end say that he thinks that the Patriots are going to be better without
2: Brady? Well, it wasn't Gronkowski because he's
1: Brady's teammate now, and Aaron Hernandez is just hanging around. <laughs> Jason's first real contribution to
2: this episode. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a different figure there. <laughs> uh, here's the thing with. Uh, here's the thing with. Taglia Tagovailoa. Jeez Louise, who names these people in that family? His father? It, it, it's Hawaii. Eh?
0: I thought that oh, was more so fuck was that?
2: Bitch. I don't uh, you know. <laughs> Stop apologizing for being white and start apologizing for being racist. <laughs> anyway. Skylanders matter. <laughs> 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 oh, Jesus Christ, Eric. Oh, we hope anybody that joined the episode after listening to last week's episode hasn't stopped listening at this point. I'm just going to point out that it was Eric that said that, so you can't hold the rest of us accountable. Nope. Anyway. <laughs> um, I honestly don't well, know. According I don't, I don't... Some...
0: Well, according to some listeners, I'm white anyway, so I'm just fitting right in. <laughs>
1: Don't have, I don't have a way to respond. I, I, I guess you, you have look, to. Keep it up, we're taking your sheet away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially with those dreads, you have to
3: start putting on a Rasta accent, Eric.
0: Wait uh, call me
2: now for your free <laughs> wait, a, wait, wait a second. Hey, Bisco! Yes. Didn't he used to be Jamaican?
3: <laughs> Jamaican me crazy!
2: Oh god. <laughs> Fuck you, Mike Adibly. Anyway, You knew I what?
3: had you knew I was gonna make that reference
2: when you <laughs> set me up like that. You know what just for that, Mike Adamley, you could eat a dick. Anyway. Isn't he dead now? I think he died. <laughs> man, I'm just an asshole. I <laughs> want anyway, a dead man to eat
0: a dick. Look, Harry, I knew it were a lot of things, but reverse necrophilia, come on, man.
2: That's a line even I don't cross. Do that I? we no. know of. <laughs> anyway, back to back to the topic at hand. After, as this train has gone completely <laughs> off the rails. We never had rails to begin
0: with. Come on now. <laughs> um, I've actually never seen
2: Toglia play. Mm-mm. That's because he you no know, hardly ever really did at Alabama. No, I I mean even in like clips and stuff. Like I've never even seen any clips of this kid playing. Well, he's what the only a
3: how? <laughs>
2: what?
3: What year is he in, Eric? Sophomore? Yes. So, I yeah. mean, he was sitting behind his brother last year, anyway. So, you know,
2: would he be a redshirt sophomore or a standard sophomore? I want to. S- I think redshirt because he could take that shirt because he didn't play the four games so then he would be he would have been sitting behind his brother for 2 years at alabama mhm
3: mm-hmm.
2: so my thing with uh my thing with uh the two brothers here though the two younger siblings of the more famous relatives is tagley is going to maryland so let's be honest expectations aren't exactly going to be high i think Kalen put himself in a no win situation though, because inevitably everybody's gonna compare him to Cam mm-hmm. and he's not a situation in the Gus Mouse on system where he's going to be as success- able to be as successful as Cam was in the Auburn offense. Was was uh, was the Malzahn was not the head coach when No, no, made... no, no, no.
3: I know that I that wasn't gonna be my question. I forg- I keep on forgetting how to pronounce uh, Tua's brother's name.
1: Toc- Toglia. Toglia?
3: <laughs> or... If um if he... Was he not
2: going to start? Oh. I understand that uh, Saban was leaving it open.
3: Oh, okay. Because, I mean, especially considering how well Tua did, I'm surprised that wasn't his job. But even if he didn't start... He's still only a redshirt sophomore, presumably. So, even if he sat behind someone for this year and then perhaps took it over next year, I don't see how Maryland helps him, if he does want to get to the next level like his brother, how Maryland is a better spot for him than Alabama is. So, I don't think this is a good move on his part.
0: And even though you have very low expectations, it is the Big Ten. So rather than competing for the starting job, which he most likely wasn't going to win from reports that I heard at Alabama, to actually playing some big-time opponents and at least getting a good amount of exposure in the Big Ten East. Yeah,
2: we'll be so sure about that. Yeah,
3: especially considering... What is the Big Ten most known for? Well, running, but that's beside the point. Well, ru- uh, running and defense. And- in this particular well, instance, I'm State also
2: going to point out for Ohio State, but that's different. In, in this particular instance, I'm also going to point out that he transferred to a school that has a senior starting quarterback.
3: So, more than likely, he's not. Well, he he wouldn't be able to play this year anyway. Correct. Or is he is there a waiver
2: I think there's a waiver because of the uh, the red because of the fact that he maybe if he gave up his red shirt for last year he can immediately play hmm.
3: and
0: it's a complicated situation when it comes to that waiver and immediate eligibility
3: yeah so I mean I, mean,
2: I don't know I don't if know. yeah Jason did it again <laughs> he stepped away from the on the headphones, and yeah. picking up the echo. Yeah. But, yeah,
3: I don't know if he would um, be – I don't think it would benefit him at my, at Maryland because you're going to have to play against Ohio State. You're going to have to play against Michigan every year. You're going to have to play against Michigan State every year. And those teams are well-known for having tough defenses. And Did
2: you forget somebody there, Biscoe? Yes,
3: pet, sorry, sorry. Penn State as well who is also well known for playing good defense. So, oh yeah, that team. So, so yeah, the the Big 10 East is probably the worst place to be as a quarterback who wants to get to the next level. You have to be very very good if you want to succeed in the Big 10 East against those staunch defenses.
2: Um Eric, real quick, Mm-hmm.
0: Five and seven. Rebuilding. Ouch. Just because you beat us for one national championship because our quarterback had a brain fart and threw five interceptions doesn't make you better than us.
2: Thank you very much. Yes, it does. We are. Anywho. Oh, Jason's muting us all because he's frankly over it, apparently. <laughs> What happens when you follow West Virginia football? There's really nothing to talk about. Exactly. I mean, hey, all for all the times you talked
0: about number one teams coming into town, at least they're number one. Yeah, yeah, people have to go ahead and wait for someone to show up for them to have a number one team. So,
2: how <laughs> it goes. And the one time they did get to number two, well, we know how that ended on this broadcast. <laughs> I'm poking the bear, and I'm not getting a response. I'm a little pissed off. He's just
3: off. not I, even acknowledging it. Hey, at least my team beat a top-five team last year. You just started
2: jock-riding South Carolina. Shut the I, I, fuck I up. I know, but I'm still saying that they, no, they doesn't n- Knock no, Georgia you're, out. You're a, Nope, your official fandom of South Carolina does not start until this calendar year. Fine!
3: Fine, fine. You do if not we even get to have claim football. the Georgia
2: victory, you do not get to claim the Georgia victory fine, fine, fine. um Jason, do you have anything about Taglio or Kalin? Unmute your microphone. See, this is what happens. He mutes his microphone, and then he can't figure out how to unmute the damn thing. And thus we end up with no Jason.
3: Oh, Jason.
1: Motherfucker.
2: <laughs> I mean, yes. There you hey, go. Look,
0: he's the chairman, so he had to have his moment where he was being the chair. That
1: happened. <laughs> Eric, just, re- just remember... I'm coming to visit you. We can't go for a jog.
2: <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, okay, that's... Eric just legit bought me. That was funny as fuck. Um, you know, you know what it is? You know how... Eric, you know what it is? The way that he was looking at the computer there? You know how some women have resting bitch face? Yeah. That, that was Jason having resting senior face. <laughs> He has it right now, actually. If you guys could see the video (laughs) version of this podcast, you would know exactly what we're talking
3: about. (laughs) And we've broken Harry.
0: I'm good. Next topic. Uh, Yeah, well, one that I'm having is the deep tease because we may do some rescheduling. and the time that all of this has gone on, uh, the NFL suggested, floated, and then tabled their discussion to replace the onside kick. There's a part of me that's a little bit disappointed.
2: Jason, I'll let you handle this one first, because we talked about this in an earlier episode.
1: Uh oh, I wasn't paying attention.
2: The for- the potential replacement of the onside kick in the NFL has been tabled for now. Your thoughts?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm... Um... I, I want to see the onside kick to remain. Um, I do see that the whole fourth and what is it? Fourth and twenty five, or fourth, fourth and fifteen, and fifteen. 15, 15. Uh, I mean, it makes sense, but uh, my question is: Do you the the parameters of it? Uh, I mean, are you going to put the ball on the thirty five, and the and then after a scoring possession, give the offense the ball back? And go and see if they keep possession, or I mean, it kind of it, it kind of defeats the whole premise of the onside kick because um, if you get a first down, you're already from the thirty-five to the, the fifty. 50. Uh, so uh, I can actually answer that a bit.
0: It would not have been at the thirty-five. I believe 30. it would have been closer to the yet yeah, either the thirty. I heard at some point twenty-five but it would have been the 30. You would only be able to try it twice per game, and it would not fully replace the onside kick. You could still opt to do a traditional onside kick
2: if you chose.
1: Oh, okay. She, so see, I don't completely think, eliminated.
2: No. I, don't think the, I don't think the risk justifies the reward of keeping the onside kick in the NFL, though, especially mm-hmm. with the statistics that came out that the majority of major injuries that happen in the NFL happen on kickoffs. Not to mention, with the
0: rate of success with the onside kick, since you had the new kickoff rule, if you could do it in the old traditional format where you can attempt it that way, I would be fine with it.
3: See, this is what I think. And I know the big problem here with this theory is injuries and everything. But I'm sure you could figure out some way of, of having it be safer. But essentially my thought would be line up on on one side of the ball like they used to. And then and you could even have the um, receiving team forced to be lined up a little further back and basically have essentially like a scrum for the ball.
2: That's just encouraging more injuries. Yeah, I no. I know that that's the big issue, but you know, like the main reason they were the, the main reason they were discussing changing the format for the onside kick is because of the amount of injuries that happen on kickoffs in the National yeah. Football League. Yeah. No, exactly. I and, and the severity of set mm-hmm. injuries involved here. Yeah, i I
3: understand that entirely, and that's why it it won't happen. But while I don't mind the fourth and fifteen. Concept, um, I do think that there could potentially be a way to do it to where it's not taking away the onside kick while at the same time also increasing the likelihood of its success. Well, I think there
2: needs to be. I think there need to be more parameters as far as when you can use an onside kick in the NFL in order to limit it. Like if you're down by 20 with two minutes left in the game, you don't get to onside kick. Your ass got beat for most of that game. You don't get the chance to try to sneak out a victory with two minutes left in the game.
0: Oh, and I completely agree. And I have plenty of ideas for this scenario and others, but you're going to have to wait to the Squid's Crazy Rules episode of the kick-off.
2: Stay tuned for that in the near future. In tribute to Bill Maher and Politically Incorrect, we are officially dubbing that episode of the show New Rules.
3: Oh, and he also does that on real time. He ends the show with it. Still. The, the one other thing I'll say about this is I think the reason... I I do think that this rule will go into effect eventually. I agree. But I think the main reason why it didn't go into effect for this year wasn't so much because it didn't have support, because it seems like it does. But Mm -hmm. the main reason why it didn't go into effect this year and it won't go into effect this year is because there were so many bigger issues... That the NFL has had to deal with this year that, have sup- that has superseded it. Well, that's, that, that's actually part of it.
0: Like that with was... the NHL and figuring out their playoff format, they didn't want the qualifying round as a best of three for the teams that would have to go up against Patrick Kane and Carey Price. It became a best of five. The fourth and 15 didn't go
2: into effect this year because it's Patrick Mahomes and everybody else. Well, I would argue as well that it's a case of not having the opportunity to have as many practices as you would get in mm-hmm. a traditional offseason is going to affect your ability to execute certain plays as well. That too. that that is true. Jason, anything to add? Nope. All right. Do we have a fourth news topic to cover?
3: I I actually do have um one other news topic uh to discuss let me see if I can find it real quick
2: there
0: was one that Jason brought up that I was going to tie together and one that I originally mentioned that I'm actually calling an audible but all of them are themed in sort of a way
2: all right well let's go to what Jason wanted to discuss because it actually is relevant towards the NFL season so Jason go ahead floor is yours
1: oh I mean I I actually got to participate now shit It'd be uh, nice. You are a co-host. I oh, mean, man. look,
0: we already have issues with executive producers not wanting to do stuff on this network. We can't let you get over a co-host as
1: well. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, the, the big news that uh, was just came out in the last couple of days is the um, NFL veterans will be able to return. I think it is the 27th 25th or 27th I think well, I think I yeah so that gives us promise and puts on a um, puts us on a fast track yeah I mean there is restrictions and everything of course um, is it going to be subject to
2: like the state's rules as well as to whether or not they're allowing the facilities to go because I think that does a disservice to the NFL if they have certain states that are allowing teams to practice in other states that aren't because those other teams, states that are other, those other states that aren't allowing teams to practice are going to have to find somewhere else to hold facilities
0: Well, the whole thing that was with the NFL that they said no facility is going to open up until all 32 facilities can open up. So they're feeling that at the very least, with lockdowns being lifted throughout the country, that that's getting close to happening. Plus, it also ties into the fact that they're looking to shorten the preseason for this year, so that's a lot. I was going to tie that into the fast track with college football, thanks to the NCAA Football Oversight Committee, laying out guidelines for team practices and how they can go about leading up to the season, that's going to be effective July 13th. Or if you're scheduled to play in week zero, you can begin July 6th. And, of course, the whole Reggie Bush thing.
3: Yeah, and that actually, uh, what Jason mentioned, ties me into what I was going to say, which is, did you guys see what uh, John Harbaugh said? Uh, to I, I forget if it was today or yesterday.
2: I heard he, I I saw that he had something to say about the coronavirus. Yeah, he said that,
3: let me get the actual quote, quote, but he actually, he said essentially that uh, the rules that they have in place right now are basically humanly impossible. He said, I've said, I've seen all the memos on that, and to be quite honest with you, it's impossible what they're asking us to do, humanly impossible. We're just going to do everything we can do. We're going to space. We're going to have masks. But you know, it's a communication sport. So if we want to get out there and have any idea what we're going to be able to do, we have to be able to communicate with each other in person. We have to practice. So that, I'm wondering how many other coaches have similar thoughts about this and how that may affect where we are in terms of having a season... Let and me, the quality of the season if we do get a season this year.
2: Let me pose a hypothetical option to resolve that. mm mm-hmm. give, give offensive and defensive teams microphones to communicate pre-snap. I agree. Not to mention take lessons from what they did in
0: Australia. You would have teams coming in and working in, like, smaller groups. Go ahead, have the different defensive and offensive units – like your wide receivers, all that, slowly start working together. And then as you integrate, have the offense and defense go really separately. Then finally bring everyone together as a team and do your final bits of solidification.
1: I got, better, I got a better solution. Why don't every team hire someone who knows ALS and just go from there?
2: I, I think that would be a good idea in theory, but I think that there would be a sharp learning curve yeah. for a lot of people in terms of Ameri- ASL, American Sign Language. Yeah, because that would... Someone knows Lou Gehrig's disease? <laughs> That's yeah. what I thought. He, we're, we're, he, teaching he meant Luke- yeah.
1: we're teaching ASL. We're teaching Lou Gehrig's disease. So- <laughs> no, see, if you teach them Lou Gehrig's disease, nobody's going to know what the hell's going on. People will be confused. There you go. I mean, look, Steve Gleason is
0: already living out a very happy point at this point of his life. I don't think he would need
2: an additional job. Okay, going I'm gonna move, well with family. <laughs> I'm gonna move us forward before any of us say anything offensive about Steve Gleason. Anyway, um, back to the idea though. Uh, I think that the uh, in, the in helmet communication, similar to what you had in like the uh, XFL this year, would work for the NFL this year, just in order to avoid those necessities for the head for the face-to-face huddles and everything because when you have that many people in that small of a confined space there especially if shit gets out then it's going to spread and spread rapidly Mm -hmm. whereas if you have the quarterback that has the ability to tell the receivers and the running back and the offensive line their blocking schemes and everything then you cut out the middleman of having to have the huddles in the first place you could still do so but you can do so on the line and just make sure that you keep the offensive and defensive lines of communication separate because it's going to be hard enough
0: to social distance and locker rooms and everything like they want so I think that would be a great idea
2: Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
2: I'll I'll ask again like I did at the end of the episode two weeks ago Eric does the NFL actually start on time
0: oh I'm still going to lean towards a no
2: Jason
1: yes
3: Brandon I'm going to say a preliminary yes because they're going to try as hard as they can, but I think the big factor will be both where we're at come July August and also how the the te- essentially the test runs of the NBA and NHL turn out.
2: I don't think the NFL starts on time. If we're lucky, the NFL, the NFL season starts around October.
0: Oh, geez, another split vote. I wonder
2: if we can add a poll on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that
2: well, would be an interesting has, one, honestly. Somebody has his phone in his hand. It's not fantasy related, but I do think it would make for an interesting poll. Hint, 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 nudge, nudge,
1: wink, nudge. oh. Oh, you're talking to me? Yes. Oh, Okay. I'm playing Pokemon.
2: <laughs> nice to see you're invested in the show tonight, Jason. Hey, Jason's got to catch them all.
1: I do what I can. I do what I can to keep this show afloat. Ooh, he, is come- pay, he
2: is literally paying for our existence. so I can't bitch <laughs> too much.
1: When, when when we talk about news stories that I haven't even fucking read up on. I kind of contribute very little. Now, when we get to the meat and potatoes of the episode, I'm there. I'm all there.
2: For the record, the meat of this particular episode is either lamb chop, burger, boneless chicken, or whatever the fuck Bisco had for dinner.
1: I thought it was going to be boneless wings. It, you know, it, it, boneless it was, chicken, buffalo wings. Sounds good. Segway. Oh, we, have, we, yes. have no,
2: we have no sponsors, and. Fuck that guy anyway.
1: I was segwaying for you. Yes, Harry. How was that yeah. a Buffalo, Buffalo
2: wings. Oh, I'm
1: the jabroni.
2: <laughs> I'm fucking tired. Leave me alone. Good Do lord. You,
1: have... you act like I don't contribute to the show. I give you a good segue. Why
0: you gotta go and job Jason out like that? That was
2: the first well done thing he's done all night. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, really. Do we, do we have anything else over at the news desk, Mister Anchorman? Reggie Bush. Thanks to the nope. NCAA saying that they're no longer going to
0: monitor any aso- disassociations after ten years, the prodigal son returned. Reggie Bush, welcome back on the campus of USC.
3: And then immediately thereafter,
2: uh, he, was, again he with the be, lady. He, he, he was then run off the campus for costing them the national championship. It's the only good joke Not- to come out of that news story, so we'll move on. Um, okay, so in the interest of full disclosure here, Eric actually did have another news story planned for this particular segment. However, I made an executive decision to postpone that news story. Eric, would you like to tell them what the new story was without going into too many detail?
0: A uh, certain chance in response to certain videos that certain league commissioners made, where they did not mention certain names and certain players in said league want said commissioner to mention said name and make push for said name and said person to be employed. And that's all that was said.
2: (laughs) Certainly. Here's the thing. We are going to discuss the Black Lives Matter NFL story once again coming back up. We are going to discuss Roger Goodell, specifically not mentioning Colin Kaepernick by name. We are going to discuss the massive amount of fallout that has happened since the last time we did our Let's Talk About It episode. However, given the tone and tenor of tonight's episode, I did not feel it appropriate mm-hmm. to do so tonight. We will, however, come back to this top topic a little bit later on in the offseason when we talk about it again in a further episode.
3: Unfortunately, it's very hard to do a not-so-serious episode of the kickoff right now because of everything that's going on.
2: Thus, why we're taking this yes. opportunity to kind of just fuck around yes. a little bit and have some fun tonight.
1: What are you talking about? I'm dead serious. <laughs> I wish I was
0: fucking around tonight, but no.
2: Okay, I'm going to answer both of those. Eric, think about Saturday. Jason, how many Pokemon have you caught tonight?
1: Shut Five. up. Five. Five.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly my
1: point. All right. I got, so that, hold on. Something. I got some. I got something new. I got to check it out. I got to catch them all. My heart's so true. Okay, you know, real quick. It's, real, Harry, real quick, you know it's my real, destiny. Real Pokemon, you're my best friend. Oh, my and, God. Are you
2: world,
1: re- no, no, just, just, no, 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 no. Just
2: cut it. Cut it. No. Um, I'm going to point out something here. I don't even get the reference that he's talking about. I've he's, never played any he's, of the game. No, he's 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 talking the
3: yeah. He's talking the theme song of the of the also show. The
2: lyrics to yeah. the theme song. Yeah. Yes, I knew what they were. It's just they're completely lost on me because I could care less about Pokemon.
1: You could care less. So that, could, or you could not care less. I I could care less. You could, so it's possible it ranks very high. So there's things underneath it that you could care less about than Pokemon.
2: You're be I- correct. The best kind of correct. The <laughs> only, the only reason I care about it is because my girlfriend plays it. She has Eevee on the new Pokemon game for the
1: Switch. I have, le- I, I have let's let's go Pokemon Eevee Edition two on my Switch that Kenzie plays. Please, please and tell Andrew me... And you and I will be talking about this off-air.
3: Please tell Sir, me that was a Futurama Eric. reference there, Eric.
0: Number one, yes it was. Good. Number two, oh boy. um, Yeah, there's about five or six jokes I could have made with what Harry just said. That he would actually defy everything and drive down here and smack <laughs> me inside my head himself if I told him on the air. I'm okay. just leaning at that.
2: A, first of all, A, Bender 2020, you meet Sax. had your chance. Yep. B, shut the fuck up, Watkins. (laughs) C, that wraps up news and notes for this episode. We now move to the reason that this episode is actually happening here, as we continue our greatest of all teams and move to the AFC East for this one, which, of course, as everybody knows, is Dallas, Philadelphia, the – oh, wait – (laughs) That's a callback, people, for those of you who don't get that reference. I saw Bizco kind of chuckle there, so I appreciate the pity humor. Obviously, this is going to be Buffalo, Miami, New England, and New York, and much the same way we did with the Giants on our last episode that we did the greatest of all teams. We're going to save the Bills for last the same way we saved the Giants for last for their division. We will do the same thing with the Jaguars as well, which will make them the last team we cover. And frankly, if there's not a more accurate description <laughs> of the Jaguar franchise in general, I don't know what it is. Remember when Jacksonville had a football team that wasn't a
0: gigantic laughing stock? Pepper remember. <laughs> is it weird that he goes full-on racist white guy voice for that?
1: well apparently he is white now and moderately racist <laughs> and Eric. just so you know you're my best friend in a world we must defend <laughs> uh.
2: in addition to playing
1: Pokemon apparently Jason's over there googling lyrics anyway. no, I know, no I know the song by heart I don't have to google the lyrics <laughs> That uh, <laughs> that probably says a lot about your social life. in <laughs> I school. I have a twelve-year-old daughter that likes Pokemon as well. I introduced her to the poke the old Pokemon cartoon. That well done. It. So you know she does watch it. She is into Pokemon.
2: Erica making an executive decision. Okay, even though he's kind of the owner of this of this uh, network. I'm making an executive decision. We are changing the name of tonight's episode
1: to Got to Catch 'em All.
2: Yes. <laughs> the Got to Catch 'em All greatest greatest of all teams edition. Oh my god. Okay, now that we're officially done fucking around, let's actually get serious. Oh, no we're not.
3: You know we're not.
2: But let's get a little bit more serious yes. here. Let's continue. Can
3: I on. get
1: serious for a moment?
2: I can't
3: right,
2: get serious. Plan. I'm not drunk. <laughs> the exasperated sigh of a host. How
1: do you what? think I feel as a part owner?
2: You're <laughs> the one encouraging most of these shenanigans. Eric, no comments about shenanigans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is that place you like to eat down, down the road, Eric? You mean I shenanigans? I think it's called the Y. Anyway. (laughs) Eric got the reference, and that makes me so happy. He was always delicious there. Hmm.
2: Hmm. All right, let's move on. Let's get back into our greatest of all teams, and we start with the Miami Dolphins. Eric, offensive Miami here. I think this one's pretty much a dead set walk, isn't it? I mean, look, any
0: time that your contract is quoted by Drake in a song, you obviously get this distinction. It's Dan Marino.
1: Jason. Um, I'm going to... Have... Not Dan Marino. Let me... Go ahead and skip me. I'll go last.
0: Well, I will take this time and say honorable mention to the Marx Brothers.
2: Um, Jason did pick Dan Marino in the group chat. I,
1: I changed it. I'm changing
2: it. All right. Well, while he's in the process of changing it, it's not going to matter because I, yeah. I know I'm picking Dan Marino. And unless Brandon's going to agree with Jason, then it's over. Even like the Brett Favre to Harbaugh star back from the Green Bay part of the show. Um, yeah, for me, as many NFL records as Marino held or has held before they were recently usurped by people like Peyton Manning and Drew Brees, it has to be Dan Marino for what he did for the franchise, bringing bringing it out of the doldrums back from the days of my honorable mention, who I'm worried that Jason's about to pick, so I won't say. Quarterback or running back, Jason?
1: Neither. I'm going uh, to Ray Finkel.
2: Alright, well we'll let you explain that pick in a few seconds. But um so my honorable mentions are going to be
1: Y'all didn't get the joke. Y'all's y'all's assholes. Ray Finkel was the kicker from Ace Ventura. <laughs>
2: I've never seen that movie.
0: First of all, if you're going to mention Kickers and Dolphins is the greatest of all time, you got to go Carol your premium, damn it.
1: Hmm. No, it's Ray Finkel. Nobody surpasses Ray Finkel. All right. Laces well, out. Laces out. Yeah. Uh, well, hey. Marinos. Hey, Marinos was, was my favorite.
0: To attempt a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, he does not get that
2: status. All right. Marina's anyway.
1: Magic.
2: Honorable mentions for me to and I actually had this conversation with a friend of mine who is a Dolphins fan. And I completely <laughs> forgot about this one. So honorable mention to Bob Greasy, the quarterback for the nineteen seventy two undefeated team. Uh Asterisk Asterisk. Yes, he only played part of the season due to injury. But he was the quarterback in the championship game where they won the where they won the Super Bowl. Yes, but even leading up and that led and
0: into that playoff run. Earl Morrill stepped in and it was not just part of the season. Earl Morrall led the delete or led the AFC in passing
2: yards in that seventy two season. Throwing How it out. I yeah, will not fuck with Squid Beat. <laughs> I will also add the fact that Greasy is also responsible for the other Super Bowl winning Dolphins franchise history as well. Yes, when they went back to back. So honorable mentions to both Bob Greasy and then arguably the man who carried that off that, that offensive team in seventy two and seventy three anyway, and that would be Larry Zonka. You mean the other
3: that, Larry Zonka?
2: Yes. I mean the other Larry Zonka. Rest in peace, Larry. This one's for you.
1: See, I was I was setting that up for Harry to have a really heartfelt moment when I did uh mention uh Larry Zonka as my um honorable mention. But yeah. Uh, Larry Zonk was my honorable mention. I just did the Ray Finkel stuff because I figured somebody would have got the reference. But maybe I maybe that shows me being the old man and, you know, making an Ace Ventura reference when you guys are. It it probably came out when most of you was born.
0: Even Um, Jim Carrey doesn't make Ace Ventura references. And I was old, old enough to see him, even though I probably shouldn't have when he was on in living color.
2: So there's that. (laughs) Eric, I refer you back to our conversation earlier in the show, resting senior face. (laughs) Keep it up, Harry. All right, what about the defensive side of the ball here? Wait, you you haven't even gotten my pick. You already said you were picking Marino.
3: Okay, fair enough. Yes, I am, but...
2: Why well, dwell on the obvious? Fair All enough. Right. Well, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball, Eric. And to as me, much- this, is, this is a two-horse race, and they were teammates.
0: Yeah, and, and 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 as much as I wanted to have my honorable mention be my official pick, I have to give Zach Thomas the honorable mention because while he was the anchor of that linebacking for, if you think Dolphins and you think defense recently. That's yes, why you had Nick Buonacani in the no-names back on the 70s teams? He's got to be number 99, Jason Taylor. Jason,
2: your fellow Jason?
1: Yes, I'm also picking Jason Taylor. I think that um, he was he is probably one of the most uh, notable defensive players that I ever played for Miami. Uh, and, you know, he's probably also, um, a, from everything that I remember, I mean, I could – I could have of judgment because I was. I did like him when he was when he was playing back in his days. Uh he was also one of the um more respective players to play the game for Miami as well. Very much so. Brandon? Yeah, it's it's Jason Taylor. The... Alright, so we don't need to talk to you, Harry. <laughs>
2: Well, actually, I have another honorable mention that was not mentioned that was brought up by the same Dolphin friend that I was... Remember how I picked Joe Sherbert for Cleveland based on potential? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think you can make the same argument for somebody in Miami right now based on potential, and I am referring to Cameron Wake. Mm, yeah. If he
0: stays. Yes. Well,
2: obviously, it's franchise dependent on what he's capable of there, but... In regards to our overall pick for Mr. Taylor, 15 years in the NFL, 13 of them with the Dolphins, 139 and a half sacks. Hold on, I'm getting the exact numbers here. Eight interceptions and 46 forced fumbles. Pretty impressive numbers.
1: Eh, Not too shabby. Mm -hmm. All right,
2: so that wraps up Miami. Let's move over to... New England, and we start with Jason offensively.
1: Um, I mean, this is a no-brainer. The most famous sixth-round pick to ever come out of Michigan, and uh, that would be TB12. TB12 2.0? Yes. Yeah. As As we've previously... No. We've, no. As we've, no. He, I would take Brady over Bradshaw. Well, of course, but... He well, sir. He, but surpass, I mean in terms he surpassed Bradshaw
2: nickname. In terms of the nickname, uh Bradshaw had it first. He was the original TB twelve. Like yeah, we discussed nobody, in the Pittsburgh Steelers episode.
1: Nobody cares about Bradshaw though, or the Steelers. Honestly. <laughs> Hey, all y'all yinzers, send your hate tweets to at turkoglue822
0: on Twitter, and send all of your hate emails to s.armor gmail.com. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Hashtag gimmick infringement.
2: <laughs> and he stole the proper way of describing it, too. You son
1: bitch.
3: Isn't it obvious? It's the uh, man that had the most uh, the the most successful uh, career in in Patriots history. He he killed he killed it in in New England. It's Aaron Hernandez. No, I'm kidding.
2: I was <laughs> going to make that joke myself, you Out of <laughs> grave, think alike, I guess. But actually, no, actually, uh, I'm going to state for the record that uh, it killed him. But anyway, <laughs> continue. Yes. Well, but hey, hey,
0: you keep on hanging around like he is, and anything will happen.
1: <laughs> All I'm going to say is, I, you're welcome for the material I, pr- I produced from four years ago. <laughs> All
3: right. But but no, it, it's obviously Tom Brady. I mean, he is the
2: Patriots. He is the man. Um, you yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm picking Brady as well. I'm assuming Eric is picking Brady too.
0: With honorable mention, we'll talk tonight. about
2: those in a second. We'll talk about honorable mentions in a second because I have a caveat here, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. a caveat?
0: I, I have a about my honorable mention, and yes, I'm not recognizing him by name because that old boot fucker can still kiss my ass. Welcome to Tampa. <laughs>
2: Well, while while, before we get to our honorable mentions, here's my caveat here. Let's say Brady goes to Tampa Bay and doesn't perform well. Do we write off Brady's accomplishments as a system quarterback, as many have called him? Or do you think that yes and no, despite the fact that let me finish before you guys answer, I'll get to you individually do you think despite the fact that even if he doesn't perform successfully in Tampa Bay, the fact that he had as many accomplishments as he did in New England has already
1: solidified his
2: legacy, Jason, I'll start with you.
1: I think that his legacy has already been solidified. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, he could be a described as a system quarterback, but he still, he still led that team. He still elevated people, players that, you know, that organization, uh, him and Belichick elevated players well beyond their actual abilities. Uh, and they took players that nobody else wanted to take a chance on and set records with, with him, also known as Randy Moss. Um, but, I mean, you know, back, uh, the only thing that I, I do remember that I will say about this is um, the time that Eli and Brady did meet And Eli told him the only way he's going to get a ring from him is if he took him to Jared's. Bisco, would Brady
2: underperforming in New England hurt his legacy? uh, Would Brady underperforming in Tampa Bay hurt his legacy in New England?
3: Yes and no, because yes, I do think it will. You know, it'll give ammo for the people who say that he is a purely a system quarterback. But at the same time, you also have to take into consideration how the Patriots do without him. If, if Jared Stidham, especially Jared Stidham, is able to take the Patriots further in the playoffs than Tom, than Tom Brady is able to take the Buccaneers in the playoffs this season, then yes, absolutely that puts his legacy into question.
1: But Hey, Harry, Harry, where's, your, where's, your, where's the Buccaneers? Under my buck and hat, thank you for asking. <laughs> but play the classics
3: on this show. Continue. So while, yes, if that happened, it, it would raise a lot of eyebrows. But at the same time, the fact that what he did, you can't take that away from him. And I'm going to give you guys two names to prove my point. Joe Montana, and Brett Favre. They both had Hall of Fame careers, primarily with one team, and that's where (laughs) all their success was. And then when they left that team later on in their careers, they did not do nearly as well. Did that hurt their legacy in any way?
0: Oh, Brett mean, I the best example because of what he did in Minnesota sure. and I'll have other examples and, and the Jets and the Jets my that team, was debatable and again was- what Joe Montana did as a Kansas City Chief including I beating was- the Niners, and what he did on Monday Night Football against John Elway
2: I would argue too that with Montana and and, base, and far both basically in the twilight of their careers as well when they went elsewhere too I think Jason actually raises a, uh, or not Jason. I think Visco actually does raise a decent point though in regards to the Jarrett Stidham performance thing. And I kind of talked about that when I, when we were mentioning, uh, Kalen Newton going to Auburn. Me mentioning Stidham's performance at Auburn. Stidham wins twelve. Let's say Stidham wins twelve games in the AFC East this year with New England. I think it proves that it's the Belichick system that works in New England, and maybe not necessarily Brady himself.
3: For example, Matt Castle. Yeah, I mean I was just going to say even before Brady completely left the team, you have seen situations where he's gotten injured and other quarterbacks have had to come in and have been successful in New England like Matt Castle and like uh Jimmy Garoppolo.
2: Eric, your thoughts on the question that I asked in regards to the legacy of TB12 there? would him underperforming in, in Tampa Bay hurt his legacy when New England?
0: As much as I would want it to, no. And I'm going to give examples of my own. One quarterback who we're going to mention later, everybody remembers him for the team that we're going to be coming up on next. Nobody remembers when he finished his career as a Los Angeles Ram. Johnny Unitas, nobody remembers him finishing his career as a Charger. Emmett Smith, nobody know, remembers him finishing his career in Arizona. Jerry Rice, nobody remembers him finishing his career in Seattle and then Denver. If um, he in Tampa Bay, he will. Everybody will still remember him finishing his career that way. But everybody, generations down the road, will still recognize him
1: as a Patriot. And correct. you know what? You know what he'll remember? He'll remember the Titans. <laughs> I think the only... <laughs> I think... God. I
3: think well, the, the only quarterback... I, I think the only quarterback that has actually had success after lose, after leaving his primary team is Peyton Manning.
0: Andrew Montana, he got Wrong. in the Chiefs to the
2: playoffs. Well yes, he got them to the playoffs, correct. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an even better example than Pey- than Peyton Manning. Okay. True Breeze.
3: Breeze was never really the top like that was the whole reason why he left San Diego in the first place. No, he and left Nick's because of
1: the sho- the shoulder surgery. He and left Nick's because they
2: drafted Philip Rivers.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And Nick Saban is still pissed off. <clears throat> I'm going to say real quick that I do think that if Brady underperforms in Tampa Bay, that it does hurt his legacy in New England. Not enough to fully damage his uh, accomplishments up there, but enough to make the people that have made the system quarterback argument about Brady have a little bit of valid- validity to their conversation.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: All right, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball here in New England, Jason. Oh, oh, I'm going to go before we do. Sorry, I forgot. Honorable mentions, Eric.
0: The 1971 number one draft pick still holds the record for most wins in a rookie season as a number one draft pick, a Native American no less, Jim Plunkett. He of the uh, he formerly of the Raiders as well. Correct. He played for the Patriots first, replacing the ill-fated Joe app.
1: Jason, any honorable mentions for New England? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, this is going to go out to – I've got to put a kicker on there with Kostkowski, uh as well as uh, Gronk uh, for revolutionizing the tight end position being that, uh, like I said, I mean, yeah, there was a couple of tight ends before him, like we, we mentioned previously, like uh, when we talked about the Giants, like Bavaro and Shockey, but Gronk took it that step. Um, and, and bringing that tight end position to where you do see the, uh, Kelsey, the, uh, Zach Ertz of the league, uh, the George Kittle, uh, that don't have to primarily be, um, blockers and just safety valves. They can actually be, uh, in the top or number two receiver on the team amassing, uh, massive amounts of yards plush, uh, huge red zone targets.
2: You can also put Tony Gonzalez in that class. I mm-hmm. was just
1: about yeah. to say,
2: outside of outside of maybe Tony Gonzalez, you could make the argument that Gronk is the best tight end in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brandon, any other honorable mentions from New England offensively? Uh,
3: yeah, the one other guy, and, and Jason mentioned the other one, but I'm surprised he didn't mention
2: the original, Adam Vinatieri. I was going to go with Adam Vinatieri as well. The fact that Vinatieri's leg led to led almost directly to the first two Super Bowls.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: In one case, it was directly the result of Vinatieri's leg for the Super Bowl victory. Yep, uh, the game winning kick on the last play of the game. The game winning
0: kick on the last play of the game, and then a couple of years later, they what turned out to be the game winning kick with less than a minute to go. But of course, Janet Jackson.
2: <laughs>
1: Okay. all
2: right let's move over to the defensive side of the ball here jason
1: hersey kisses um i'm sorry uh i'm gonna hey, go with uh that's okay tivo remembers that more than anything else <laughs> I, i'm gonna have to go um and, and, and uh, if anybody hasn't noticed by listening to this uh, i tend to i tend to go a certain um certain position on each side of the ball um If you're talking about defense, I typically pick defensive backs, and New England's no different, and I'm going to go with Ty Law. I'm going to make everybody else's pick
2: here irrelevant, unless Eric and Brandon agree I'm also picking Ty Law. Yep. With With an honorable mention to Eric's pick. At least you're
0: giving him an honorable mention, Vince Wilford. And I also and, gave an
2: honorable mention to Lawyer Malloy. Uh, I have another honorable mention as well in Teddy
1: Bruschi. Mm. I was going to say uh, I had Bruschi as my honor, uh, as honorable mention.
2: <clears throat> All right, so by a three to one vote, Ty Law takes defensive. Tom Brady's unanimous offensively for New England.
3: Is this going to be the first division that we haven't had a single uh, debate? One.
2: Well, so far, we'll see what happens. Let's move over to the JETS. I'm not doing the full spiel here sup, because sup? I'm not Just,
1: no, just No, no, no.
2: You, you should hate them just as much as I do. I, 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 I said Look, a bit, I said Long Island.
0: Whenever you're catching up and you're listening to this episode, you're welcome, you
3: fucker. Continue i said right. it properly i said j e t s suck suck suck
2: all right, Bisco, you start here,
3: um yeah, for
2: offensively
3: for, for offensively you can't really uh you can't really go any other name uh do you want me to save my honorable mention or say it right now.
2: Save your honorable okay. mentions until the okay. end. Let everybody make their official okay. picks first. So but, that way you don't take anybody's yeah, pick accidentally. Yeah. Just in case.
3: But yeah, it's hands down Joe Namath. The guarantee. The you know, at the first AFL team to win a Super Bowl. All of that. It's Joe Namath.
2: I have an honorable mention of my own that I'm going to save for later because nobody else said it, and I think he was arguably one of the faces of the franchise for the time that he was there. However, the Jets franchise would not be what the Jets franchise is if Joe Namath had it run his mouth back in 1967. 69. Yeah, 69. <laughs> right. Leave it to Eric to know that number <laughs> off the top of his head. <laughs> These things are right themselves sometimes, folks. That's all I'm saying. I'm just along for the ride. Eric Namath?
0: I mean, the man who I mentioned finished his career as a rim. Not just the guarantee, but actually threw the game-winning pass in the first-ever overtime regular season win in NFL history in 74 against those pesky Giants in the Yale Bowl, Joe Namath. 26 to 20.
2: Jason, I saw you shaking your head here and waving us off because apparently this is going to be another Brett Favre bart star situation.
1: No, I mean out, we're yeah, outnumbered I mean, and wrong. No, I mean uh where I the person that I have um could very well be um listed in that in that conversation and I'm pretty sure it might be one of your honorable mission and I'm going to actually go uh, with Curtis Martin.
2: I believe that was Bizco's honorable yes, it mention. Was.
1: Yeah, I mean I I mean you can do whatever you know you yeah, I give I'll give Broadway Joe his credit credit. But I mean Martin was like like I said, a lot of a lot of things you gotta also look at the era that the player played in. So you know, your Martin Canada was kind of in that hybrid of where athletes were becoming bigger, stronger, faster, and he was still an on on-field presence. Um, Namath, you know, outside if if you took away the the quote unquote guarantee that's been misquoted by everybody and their grandmother about how it actually went down, um. If you take that away from him, you know what? <clears throat> if you ask the typical football fan, without saying uh, the guarantee, what what do you know about Joe Namath? You, they're going to be stumped. They're, the the guarantee gets so overhyped, and I think that leads to a lot of his legacy more than what what his on the field play did. Uh, opposed to Curtis Martin, where Curtis Martin actually did things on the field and he's known for his work rate rather than... uh, uh, uh well. I will say that the numbers for Martin are impressive.
2: Mm-hmm. 3,518 carries for 14,101 yards, which I do believe still has him in the top 10 all-time. Yes. And I I do get Jason's
3: point about Namath. Namath did have a great career outside of the Guaranteed, though. Um, But, you know, there are certain players who will forever be known for one moment. And, you know, Namath, I don't think, is in this category. But there are players that are known for one moment in their career whether positive or negative, and are defined by that
1: moment. All uh, right. <coughs> let, let, let's, let, hold on. Let, let me put Bisco on the spot. Without looking it up, name something else Joe Namath done away in his career.
3: I mean, I don't know the exact numbers or anything like point, that. Point, point
1: proven. Uh, wrong, without the guarantee. Eric
2: – point proven because – actually, point wrong Eric, because Eric, Eric – Eric's a really fucking
1: – Eric's a goddamn sports encyclopedia.
2: That's fair. All right. Can I throw another uh, honorable mention at you guys here, real quick?
1: Go for
2: no. it. Actually, a teammate of Curtis Martin's. Wayne. And frankly, you should have just given him the damn ball.
3: Wayne Corbett?
2: Keyshawn Johnson. Oh, genius.
3: Ke- Oh, okay.
2: Uh, mm,
1: I was going to say Chad Pennington. <laughs>
0: Because, I mean, and, and if you think about it, number one, and this is going to Bisco's point, he, he wasn't just, like, known for that, lest we forget the famous or infamous, depending on who you talk to, shots of him wearing the full-length fur coat on the sideline. He was known for that, too. That added to his Broadway Joe reputation. Here's but I'm also problem. going to go... Real quick, Eric, well, here's the you problem that, with that. Before you, before you go on, guys, I want to say this to Jason... Okay, you don't think like he's known for anything else, and with those numbers and aside from the thing I said, fine. Go throughout especially those couple of really pivot years where the American Football League was in focus. Name the top three quarterbacks. Name
1: them. I didn't follow the American Football League. I'm not in sports encyclopedia. Darrell America, Len Dawson, Joe Namath. Simple as that.
2: Okay, but I'm actually going to say that your your point about the fur coat on the sideline actually goes to Jason's point because that's an off the field thing rather than an on the field accomplishment. Where during the game, it's still not. It's an off the field accomplishment though. He's wearing it on
1: the sideline. It's not but a I performance.
2: Mean, and i I'm cannot-
1: He's more known for his. He's more known for his antics than his play.
0: Okay, well, so was Derek Sanderson, but damn it, the man still won a Stanley
3: Cup. (laughs) Well, we don't talk hockey here. I mean, so is you just don't? So is T O, but you know, he was still well known for his accolades on the field.
2: That proves my point. (laughs) The thing with Namath is, and yes, Martin's a workhorse. Don't get me wrong, Martin's Martin was one of those dependable guys that. You knew whenever you handed him the ball that at the very least he was going to do his best to get as far ahead as he could. The thing with Namath is, is Namath went from moments of Namath had mom, moments of of um, like I said, it's late folks. Yeah, guys, me stumbling all over myself here. Namath had moments of regularity, however, they were surrounded by flashes of brilliance on the field as well. Not to mention his expectations, even coming out of
0: college with his injury history, were very low. When the Jets drafted him, they knew. And the doctor said, coming out of Alabama, you're going to get three years out of Three years. Wound up playing over
2: a decade. Just saying. Let me ask you this question, Jason. Do you know where Curtis Martin started his career?
1: Um, Let me think. He then start out. He went to the Jets. I think after his third year, if I'm remembering correctly, was it his third year, Eric? That he played three years. I'm wanting to say, I'm wanting to say it was from Seattle, New England. Oh yeah, yeah. And then
0: was it his third year or his? Fourth that he went third to
2: he was correct about the third year, but it, it was oh. New England, and here's where I think Martin actually has an advantage in that regard. There, moving from one division rival to another, you actually know the teams in that division from playing them on a year in year out mm-hmm. basis. So I think that gave Martin an advantage there. Mm-hmm. I think with the with the whole Super Bowl concept being as new as it was in the Namath era, and the the more of the mixing of the AFL and the, and the NFL at that time as well, that's what led to more of schedules and opponents that you weren't used to playing on a mm-hmm. consistent basis. And on top of that, I think
3: without that win, yes, an AFL team would have won eventually, definitely, but I think without that win the process of the merger and the AFL becoming a legitimate contender and a a legitimate threat to the NFL would have either taken a lot longer or might not have ever happened.
0: There actually have been stories, not just as going on through time, but even reports for those sources who were around at that game and around in that time working in both leagues. Had the Jets not won and the Colts took that title, it would have been the third in the row for the NFL and the
2: NFL-AFL merger would have been dead. Uh-huh. Flat out dead. So what you're saying is Name Namath and the Jets single-handedly changed the course of history for the National Football League. Not just that, but if you look at who was head coach for the Jets... He was head
3: coach for another very important game.
2: I don't remember.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to. Weeb
0: Eubank, who was also head coach for the Baltimore Colts oh, in okay. 1958.
3: Okay. I'm trying to think if that was fog or ice. That, no, that was
2: the greatest game I ever played. Correct the the twenty three seventeen game. Amici
0: and the Colts are world champions. Although he said, "I said that backwards," but correct. Believe it or not, uh, you had both Lombardi and Landry as assistant coaches for the Giants in that game. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, let's move over to the defensive side of the football for the Jets here, and we'll start once again with Bisco once he's done coughing. Um, I mean. There's a whole island named after
3: him. So, is there any doubt on this one? It's got to be Darrell Revis. Welcome to Revis Island. island
2: (laughs) What I know for it's a he said it's a deserted island. Oh yes. No, I mean he's still playing, or at least he was the last I saw. Is he? I don't think think so. Pretty sure he's still in the league. I'll have to look that up here. I either I'm going to look it up or Eric's going to look it up because he's already tapping a button on his on his, his tablet. So I'm also going with Darrell Rivas. I think that Rivas single handedly changed the culture of the Jets franchise then because he gave the Jets a threat that you were literally afraid to play against for the longest time. Rivas he did not ha- he did not yeah. have the same he did not have the same success in with other teams that he did in New York. But I don't think there's any argument that for several years, while Revis was in New York, he was the most feared cornerback in the National Football League. Revis Not retired right. after
3: 2017.
2: Okay, so maybe he hasn't been active. <laughs> I guess I guess Revis Island is deserted at this point. Um, Eric. Uh... you. <laughs> All right, Squid. Answer the damn question. Who you got?
0: The man who was the figurehead of the old New York Sack
1: Exchange, Mark Astonow. Jason? Why, a member of the New York Sack, sack Exchange. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to butcher this name. I want to say it, it's a long E, Cleco. but I'm going to say Cleco. So, I mean. I don't know. I think I think that he's he's one of the um, most undervalued uh, Jets defensive player off that New York sack exchange. Um, but he, if you talk to any offensive lineman uh, had to face him, they sing his praises beyond what um, anybody else does, uh, and they they say that he's an unsung hero. So that's the way he's getting my vote. Joe Klecko. Yes. Apparently his son played in the NFL as well. Yeah, for the Patriots. Dan Klecko. Uh, and there is a, there's a, um, there's an honorable mention uh, simply for that. I know none of you guys are going to say simply for what happened to him and the recovery that he went through, and that's Dennis Byrd. Um, the, the injury that he sustained and everything, and where he was practically paralyzed, and the recovery he went through. Uh, that's why I'm just going to give him an honorable mention, because uh, a lot of people that may listen to this may not know um, the leaps and bounds that the Dennis Byrd injury did bring to sports medicine.
2: So what you're saying is is he was the earlier version of a Ryan Shazier from Pittsburgh? Yes. To put it into a more modern Mm -hmm. context for our listeners. Yeah. All right. So again, um offensively it's Namath by a three to one vote. Defensively by a two to one to one vote, it's Darrell Revis. And apparently the answer to your question, Bizco, is yes. It looks like we're not yes. going to have a debate on any of the franchises here because while I know offensively it's not, I, I know offensively for Buffalo is not a 4-0. Defensively, I think it is. As the panel's resident Buffalo Bills fan, I'm going to go first. I intentionally saved myself to go first on this one. Just as... I did for the Giants, for Brandon and Jason. I let them go first for their team. Offensively? Yeah, you can talk about your Tom Brady's. You can talk about your Terry Bradshaw's. But to a Buffalo Bills fan, there's only one quarterback who wore the number 12 that matters. His name is Jim Kelly. From? Pittsburgh. No. no. No, that's not it. I'm not sure what you're setting me up here for.
0: Oh, come on. Where did he play collegiately? And if, believe it or not, his first game
2: as a starter in college. Officially- oh, uh, yeah, that is right. He was, he was a hurricane. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. It took me a second, but I got what Eric was saying. But anyway, back to the... The Jim Kelly store here. And honestly, this is just as much for what Jim Kelly has done off the field as for what he did on the field. Kelly is the only quarterback ever to lead a franchise to four straight Super Bowls. The result of those Super Bowls is irrelevant. For four straight years, Jim Kelly <laughs> Jim Kelly led the best team in his conference for four straight years. But just as importantly. Off the field, Jim Kelly has proven to be just as much of a fighter as he was on the field. Multiple battles multiple battles with cancer. Multiple victories over cancer. His wife fighting cancer as well. Jim Kelly is quite literally the face of the franchise in Buffalo. If you meet a Buffalo Bills fan, more often than not, you ask them who their favorite Bill is, the answer is QB 12, Jim Kelly. Jason, I'm going to go to you here because I know you disagree, and I can't say I'm entirely disappointed with your pick because he's one of my honorable mentions.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you mentioned Kelly. Um, my pick comes from the Kelly years, uh, the man lined up behind Kelly, uh, and that's Thurman Thomas. I think um, – a lot of people don't don't consider uh, Thomas as one of the all-time great running backs because he wasn't a really flashy running back. He wasn't a uh, huge uh, st- statistician when it came to. But, I mean, he was one of the few hybrid power runners with finesse that the NFL has seen. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh I'm gonna have to throw my vote to Thurman Thomas, though I do, though I do have love for Kelly. I will not just take anything away from Jim Kelly, but I, I, I mean, it's like for me, it's like one of those one A one B situations. You can't go wrong taking. No, I agree put, put, with that, putting neither one of those into that slot.
2: I'll agree with that, but here's the only, here's the thing that I think sets Kelly aside It's the type of offense Buffalo ran for those years that. Buffalo was on top of the NFL. It was a very pass-dominant offense. So with the run and shoot that Buffalo was running up there, I think that Marv Levy's offense was created with the intent of getting the best out of Jim Kelly. Thurman Thomas happened to be a very good backfield piece for Kelly during the process. But much the same way as number 81 was for Buffalo as well during that time, most of the onus for that offense fell on QB 12's shoulders. Bisco.
3: I'm disappointed in you, Jason. You missed a golden opportunity. You know who the greatest Buffalo Bill of all time is?
1: Scott Norwood. Yes! (laughs) Scott Norwood. How how did I know you was going to try to do the low-hanging fruit (laughs) and get get death glares from Harry? (laughs) Because it's so much fun.
2: That hey, was hey, a death- Harry,
0: how are those applications
1: for new co-hosts going <laughs> i i'm I'm reading through them now. <laughs> well, as it turns out, our former executive
2: producer is getting a new computer, so somebody's on a short leash. <laughs> I would say that that leash expands about forty five minutes,
3: <laughs> but no seriously Jim kelly obviously is is the greatest offensive player of all time for the bills. And yes, I I feel for for the Bills, even though we we started their downward spiral in the four
2: falls. You you ain't start shit. Oh, Norwood but we did. Hit Norwood we, hit we hits. We were the first. Go. Norwood hits that kick, and nobody's talking about Buffalo's ineptness in the. Yeah, I
3: know it. Norwood but, hits that no, kick; they
2: might have won four straight. Shit. Nor the Giants didn't have shit to do with that. nor would pushing the kick had everything to do with it. I know. Well, that. I'm not. I
0: won't go that to, far. To be fair, there was actually a, over one hour period in real time where the Bills offense did not take the field, as the Giants had 40 minutes time of possession during that game. Just throwing that out there. God, where the fuck are all these squid bits coming
2: from? <laughs> I got to clean up around here. Hmm. Save it for Saturday. Anyway. Uh, Eric, three to one.
0: It's three to one, and for a variety of reasons. It was a crisp fall day in nineteen seventy-nine. Howard Schnellenberger had just taken over his job at this team that really had no tradition, taking his mighty men up to Happy Valley to face the great Joe Paterno. Even the announcers were caught off guard as there was a sudden lineup change. So they were the freshmen. As there was a change at quarterback in that day. After a 26 to 10 victory by the visiting team, thanks to a 19 of 32 performance by that stellar freshman quarterback, the announcer, as he was signing off, said, Look out for Miami. They found themselves a passer. That passer wore number 12. That was Jim Kelly. He went on to the United States Football League, passing for 10,000 yards in just two seasons before going to Buffalo. He started the chain in Miami, leading to their success, even by starting by Team Penn State, Harry, had success in Houston as a gambler.
2: And, of course, we all know what he did in Buffalo. The choice is there. See now, this race is an interesting debate because it's that Marino versus Kelly debate. Same draft class,
1: second best draft class ever. Who's
2: the better quarterback without a ring? Is it Marino or is it Kelly?
1: Marino, Marino.
0: barely Marino. Yeah, barely. See,
2: I'm. I, I think it's very close. It is. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna say it's Kelly.
1: Yeah, because you're a homer. No,
2: I'm going to say it's Kelly because of the su- sustained success of the franchise.
1: If you come, you, with you keep fucking with me. I want to, I want to throw out uh, my vote for uh, fucking Flutie.
2: Actually, he was one of my honorable mentions. Yeah, and OJ Simpson.
0: Yeah, OJ Simpson, yeah, Simpson yeah, was one of my honorable mentions. Damn it. to that thousand-yard season in
3: '73. Yeah, he really yeah, killed he it, it on it. the field. <laughs>
2: I mean, to be fair, to be fair, at least OJ doesn't discriminate. <laughs> it's true, but
0: I mean, if you can combine what Jim Kelly did in the USFL and in the NFL, I think that tips the scales for him. But the fact that what Marino did early on, right in the NFL, not being in the USFL, that puts everything's a little bit more in his favor. And again. Drake did not say contract like 91 Jim Kelly. He said contract like 91 Dan Marino. $1.25 okay. million a year at the time, the most expensive contract in National Football League history.
2: Uh, Eric, allow me to say one thing to that, and then we'll move on.
1: Sure. Well, we can't move on yet because I've got an honorable mention. Okay. Uh, well, I have one as well,
2: but we'll get to it in a second. Um, Fuck that cock writing joke.
1: Fuck <laughs> R- rewind and try that again.
2: Fuck that jock riding cocks, cocksucker Drake.
1: There you go.
2: Uh
0: let's see. Up, oh, up, oh. yep, it's coming. The Jamaican judge is only given an eight point oh. Couldn't stick the landing. What a shame on that performance.
2: <laughs> hmm. To to quote a certain favorite movie movie of mine, just a bit outside. Hmm. Uh, Jason, we were talking about off <laughs> air before we started here. Is your honorable mention the same as mine? Uh
1: yes. The, third so I, I, the as, as as the, as the as the Buffalo Bill resident Buffalo Bill fan, I'll let you t- discuss him. But yes, it is the same person, and my honorable mention.
2: The third member of what was the Golden Triangle of offense for Buffalo. You had number twelve, Jim Kelly. You had number thirty four, Thurman Thomas. You had number 81, Andre Reed. Eric's looking at me weird because he thinks I have the number wrong. I'm, I'm, sure double, I'm
0: double checking
2: before I. I thought do- he was 83. I'm, could have sworn I, say, Andre, I could have sworn Andre was 81. I, I want
0: to say. Before I open my mouth.
2: Can I throw out another additional honorable
1: mention as well? No. Scott Norwood. You done? I'm gonna say Flutie. I mean I think Flutie's in the conversation. Fullback
2: and special teams superstar Steve Tasker. Hmm. Okay, what were the two numbers that you Harry and Jason mentioned? I
0: said Harry
1: and Jason. I said
2: eighty one, he said eighty three. Jason's right. It was 83. Son of a
1: bitch. And hey, you That's call just, yourself a Bill fan.
2: I'm going to have to go back and watch some classic, some of the classic games. And yeah, again, he, when we he, talk he, he about things that. remembering, nobody
0: remembers his 2000 season where he wore number 84 for the Redactors.
1: I, even, I forgot that he even played for Washington.
2: Well, to be fair, Eric, you said Jerry Rice was a Bronco when he was a Raider. Yeah, yeah, I was confused about that for a second. No, after the uh,
0: Raiders, he went to Seattle where he uh, takes yeah. the to Then after Seattle, he had brief time wearing number 19 for the
2: Broncos. A I'm lot of fans
0: of to- him as a Niner and a Raider.
2: Thank you very much. Okay, I'm going to have to look that up because I do not remember him as a Bronco at
0: okay. all. Yeah, go back. It's a deep cut. He even did his segment for Kenny Maine on Sunday NFL Countdown where he even mentioned it's Jerry's time. Jesus Christ,
2: man, how do you remember all this
0: shit? Oh, My geez. mother asked me that question on a daily basis.
2: <laughs> Shout, Shout out, out to Mama to- Watkins. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Uh, defensively, I believe this is a sweep.
1: Yeah, I'm going with the uh, the whatever offense was playing against the Bills in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you No, nah, I'm going I'm going Bruce Smith. I mean Yeah. Binging one of the one of were taking low hanging fruit. I, I just I just wanted to I just wanted to take a quick jab. Uh no, nah, I mean Bruce Smith is probably one of the greatest defensive players. I mean when when I talk when I think of football when I became a fan, um Bruce Smith is one of the names that uh, leap to the forefront of my mind. Um, him and Lawrence Taylor are probably the two most notable defensive players from my childhood that I can remember. So, uh, yeah, for nostalgic value and pure dominance, uh, I'm going to have to say Bruce Smith, and I do believe this may be a clean sweep.
2: Um, It's, it's number 91 for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Don't look at me like that, Eric. I don't like when you look at me like that. Number 91? Hold on. <laughs> Might have been, 90. Might have yeah, been 94. A...
3: Wait, uh, you're getting your Bills fandom question today.
2: Oh, Trust my God. I'm, I'm way Trust off. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, who the no. Fuck you, know, you, know what it was, you know what <laughs> it was? i am actually my honorable mention who was 95.
1: I was a little confused on that when I was like, wait, did uh, okay, hold on, uh, hold on. Was, uh, was I remember somebody else?
2: else. And I'm I was thinking of my honorable mention who was 95 one and four together. We'll get to him in a second. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. yeah, yes, oh, he is tired.
0: He can't remember <laughs> the jersey number of a man who finished his career with 200 sacks and had one of my favorite lines said very intimidatingly in a beer commercial. Ah, no, making quarterbacks cry. Hmm. 43,
2: 43 forced fumbles, two interceptions. I mean, he was a defensive lineman. They're not exactly known for their hands. But as Eric mentioned, the magic number, 200 career sacks on the nose. And this is another one of those situations where he did not finish his career in Buffalo. My honorable mention did finish his career in Buffalo because he was there for his entire career. My honorable mention is number 95, Kyle Williams.
3: Yeah, it's it's unanimous. It's Bruce
2: Smith. Uh, I, I I am officially taking this opportunity to apologize to the Mafia. I will again point out that I am super fucking tired. I have been up since right before 6 a.m. this morning. We are currently recording at 1 a.m. in the morning. Therefore, it's been almost a full 24 hours.
1: Bills, uh, don't I don't want to hear excuses. Bill's Mafia, don't worry. If you can lure him to a
2: home game, throw him through a flaming table, and all will be forgiven. I, I will willingly take the table bump next time I'm up at I'm up at I'm up at Ralph Wilson, One Orchard Park Drive, Buffalo, New York. Technically Orchard Park, New York, but it's still Buffalo to us. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, you don't have a poll to post for this episode, Jason. <laughs> well, technically, you do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll get right on that.
2: What was the one that we discussed posting a poll for?
1: Yeah, the NFL season will start on time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean it's not really it's not really fantasy related, but neither have been the greatest of all teams and those have done pretty well in terms of mm-hmm. reactions and outreaches and stuff, so why not? Well, I mean technically
0: it is fantasy related because there's been fantasy seasons thrown into utter chaos mm-hmm. and someone who I'm in the hockey and basketball leagues with won't let me
2: forget it. Yep. Here's, here's a question for you guys. How pissed off are, are like FanDuel and DraftKings over everything that's gone down. Oh, incredibly. Like yeah. how much money have they lost because of these Draft- seasons being canceled?
0: A ton? DraftKings, not as much. Well, DraftKings actually, I take that back. They've been hurt more. FanDuel, because they've had a sports book, they've been right in there with a lot of the offshoot bets, like Hashtag bet on Bovada, and many, many others out there. So they've been able to manage.
2: Well, on the plus side for our gambling listeners, you still have the Bundesliga, and starting next week, the march towards the title for Liverpool picks up once again in earnest. Oh, you have the
0: Bundesliga, you've got the uh, La Primera División Costa Ricaña, you'll have MLS,
2: NBA, EPL. Well, hell you? Bless you. you. you I was about to say get zune high, Jason. So I'm right there with you. (laughs) Well, you could bet golf starting today. The PGA Tours started back up with the Fort Wayne class with the Fort Worth Classic. Oh, I
0: know. Not to mention you've been able to go ahead and bet NASCAR as well. I took advantage of FanDuel's promo. You have a NASCAR event, a golf event, and one other. I was in all three of them, so I got a $20 credit making up for the entry fees. Thank you, FanDuel.
2: I wouldn't mind being paid. Again, we're going to play the classics on this show here, Eric. We can't be bought, but we can damn sure be rented. Exactly, and I can take that rent money for renting other things, so it would come full circle. Giggity. Anywho, um, speaking of NASCAR real quick, I just want to touch on this. Adios, happy trails, and get the fuck out to Ray Sicarelli.
3: Mm-hmm. Who apparently was winless, so it doesn't really yes. matter
2: anyway. oh for 32 and announces that he is leaving NASCAR at the NASCAR Truck Series. At the end of this year, because they are no longer going to allow the Confederate flag to fly at NASCAR events. Correct
0: correct me if I'm wrong. He pretty much just hardly raced. you know, barely
2: even a lap, let alone winning. And not even really led a lap. (laughs) He's 0 for 32, no wins, no top fives, no top tens. His best career performance was like 22nd. Yeah, did not race a single lap this year. Uh, Congratulations, Ray. You've now officially offended more races than you've won. (laughs) Joke courtesy of Twitter. (sighs) That's quality humor right there. I legit busted out laughing when I saw that.
0: See for people who love to tweet incessantly at all hours of the night when they really should be working. That is how you win on Twitter.
2: Hashtag don't get canceled. Anywho, speaking of Twitter, segue.
1: Jason, where can people find you online? Uh you can look me up on uh Twitter at uh W2M chairman. Uh that's where you'll find most show-related stuff uh personally. Uh, you can go fuck yourself if you look up my personal account at turkglue 822 But hey, I'm a nice guy on the W2M Chairman uh, site. Um, so if you want to follow me, shoot a message. Uh talk fancy football, talk NFL, just talk shit. I mean, I don't really care. I mean, I'm down for whatever. If you if we do have one of the five listeners that listens to this broadcast, want to hit me up? Go right ahead, man. Just shoot shoot me a message. We'll talk whatever you want to talk about. Um, and we'll even talk about Eric being white if you want to. Uh, so
0: I can give you a good recipe for homemade mayonnaise, a legitimate one.
1: I thought you was going to say potato salad with raisins. Okay, I'm white, but I'm not potato
2: salad with raisins white. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 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 Eric, where can people find you on socials? Uh, at
0: Squid Sportshead on Twitter, willing to talk about all kinds of different stuff. And yes, I am getting in the habit of live tweeting more matches. And I'll also be following through with not only Australian Football League now that they're back, but the National Rugby League action as well. So if I'm up late at night, stay tuned. You can also follow me on Facebook at Eric Watkins. Always remember, guy holding the wine in the recliner. You found me. Want to go ahead? Ask about certain things. Mention some tutoring things like that. That's fine. And if you're willing to go through the proper vetting process, you can
2: slide. This is a we don't give a fuck episode. Just give it to him. Well, I mean, well, it's even still. The reason
0: why you still have to go through a vetting process is at Superviewer is private.
1: I still have to approve you, but. Hey, mute the music. It wasn't music. Okay, catch them all in a
2: few seconds once we're it's done not wrapping. Stop, Pokemon. Up. Well, whatever
1: it was, continue. It's fucking gymnastics. Uh, of course, it is.
0: Women's gymnastics, all right. Uh, especially, well, never mind. Yeah, on uh, Instagram, same, at Superviewer. You can also get access to my Telegram, so you can really see the darkness of my shenanigans and as well on Snapchat. And as always... And,
1: his, and the darkness of his, his skin.
2: <laughs> of course, you could also be in a Skype conversation with him and see the darkness of his shenanigans as well.
0: Hey, hey, those are still top sellers on mini vids. Thank you very much. And as usual, all of these social media blogs are brought to you by the fine people at Rick's
2: TNT LLC, affiliated with Dun & Bradstreet. Which, real quick, before we go any further, on behalf of myself, Jason, and Eric, congratulations, Thomas Buglisi, sure. on graduating high school this week. <laughs> Present. He will He <laughs> will Bisco, where can people find you online? They
3: can find me on Twitter at Bisco NMB Chiefs and on Facebook. Just look up my name. Talk to sports. Talk. Well, we got. I, I've got some baseball coming up. If you guys are into baseball, I will have some baseball to call in a few days. At least somebody's
0: planning on playing baseball this year. Yep. Wrong. Before this... I
2: give my. Before I, give my own personal plug, before I give my own personal plugs, I would like to point out, do not try talking about doing the show with Brandon Biscoving because it will not happen. Right, Jason? That is correct. <laughs> He's going to mute my microphone now. I know he is. <laughs> Anywho, uh, you can find me on Twitter at ATB Eagle, uh, Facebook dot com slash it's the eagle it's same for my instagram honestly if it's a website online odds are i'm probably heb the eagle on it i may or may not have a pornhub account i don't remember fuck it <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me like that eric <laughs> look hey ain't
0: no shame i mean granted i've been a premium member for quite some time and ah uh, if i could find some footage from some of my fine folks in pittsburgh i could
2: upload some videos on there but also, stay tuned in the near future for that. But my account on there is strictly visual. It has nothing to do with me actually in action. That's not <laughs> happening. Anyway. So, yeah. ATB the Eagle on all of the major social media platforms. In addition, you can find me on Facebook. Harry Braughurst. Uh Feel free to reach out. Start a conversation. willing to Talk sports. Talk wrestling. Talk pretty much anything you guys want to talk about. Except Eric's sex life. Because Jesus Christ, man.
0: Look, don't be mad. I mean, grandmothers love me for multiple reasons. What can I say? Fucking hell.
3: (laughs) Don't be mad, get glad.
2: (laughs) Eric, do you know what I mean when I say JFC? Yes. Okay, leave it at that. (sighs) I think that wraps us up for this episode here. This has been... The greatest of all teams, AFC East, got to catch them all. Edition for the unprofessional Jason Teasley present. <laughs> the anchor man, Eric Watkins. Hey, don't knock fifty-year-olds until you try them. And Brandon Nobisco, Bisco bing We've got baseball.
3: I've got baseball to call.
2: You can find that on his Twitter at FizcoNMBG. Yep. I'm Harry Broders. Thanking you for listening to this episode of The Kickoff. It is a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services. And I'm taking this one for the finish, Eric, because I see the wheels turning. Okay, fine. Go finish yourself off. I'm going <laughs> to iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. And Ray Ciccarelli is a
1: dick. Yep.
2: God bless the
1: Mountaineers. I'll just say God bless the Mountaineers. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next week here on The Kickoff,
2: a presentation of the W2M Network.